Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Tennis and Friends podcast, a place where my friends and I talk about whatever we want to talk about, whatever interests us, what's going on in life around the world, or to talk about how you could win Coach of the Year one year and then get fired the next. I'm Dennis. I'm the host of the show. This is episode 87 of this show. Sorry we have not been posting episodes lately because this has been a wheels off month, but we're back. Jet is back with me again because he's he's the guy. He's the guy right now. And we're going to talk conference finals and draft lottery and all the things regarding the NBA. Uh, but first, we do need to start with a shout out. And that is to our, our great friend that you and I both know, um, our great buddy Dawson, who yes. um, gets married in a few short days. Dawson, who, if you guys follow the show on a regular basis, has been on uh, multiple times. He was a big part of the World Cup phase and was on a Super Bowl episode, too. So just wanted to shout him out because uh, he will be married on Sunday and we will both be there to witness it. And it's going to yes, be awesome. Yes, sir. Man, I'm, I couldn't be more happy for him. Uh, you know, got to see this relationship between him and his lovely bride, Hannah, bloom from the very beginning and, and to see it grow into what it is now and to see them get married. It's going to be really epic. I, I yeah. couldn't be happier for him. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Same here. I echo all those all those things you just said. And it's going to be fun to see each other on Sunday. And Absolutely, Everybody's going to be there. It's going to be yeah. fun. I'm actually really excited. It's going to be so Sunday. fun, man. Yeah, it'll be good. Okay. Uh we have a lot to get to and not a lot of time. Little inside baseball listener. It is Wednesday night, May 17th. It is currently 1043 because I just got home from in and out after uh, a long night at church. So this is why we're starting late. And a little disclaimer listener. If you hear random noises from me, it is because uh, I'm watching my beloved Tigres play our very hated crosstown rivals in the semifinals of the league. And we're currently losing one, nothing, even though the goal that, Monterrey scored. I don't think should have counted. No, I don't, I don't know. It's weird. It's Mexican league for you. Anyway, so if you hear <laughs> random noises from me, that's that's where that's coming from. Okay, Love we the need devotion, to eulogize. Love the thank devotion. You. Thank you. Thank you. Um, that, that's he's what got I the do. jersey on, listener. He's 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 fully decked out. He he's got to support his guys. I I you know hats off to that guy. Yeah. The the kids knew the kids knew tonight what was what was going down because of the jerseys. So. Um, let's eulogize some teams. Let's start with, uh, do you want to start with Philly or do you want to start with Phoenix? Let's start with Phoenix because I feel like Phillies needs a little bit more time. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, this will be fun because I could just get to clown on Devin Booker for the next few <laughs> minutes, which is one of my favorite things. to do. <laughs> it's one of my favorite things to do too, man. It's great. Oh man. Those um, European players, they get him, man. They they bully him up. Yeah, I'm not going to repeat all the memes that I have seen on the internet over the last week, ever since Game 6 of that series happened. But I had a lot of fun on the night of Game 6, I will say. I had a lot of fun that night. It was it was a good night in sports world for me. Um, yeah, I mean, what, I mean, Monty's fired. Yeah, they lost by thirty or whatever. They got they, clowned again at home, like absolutely clowned. Durant was horrible. Booker was horrible. Durant was horrible. Aiton didn't play because he got hurt. CP three hurt again in the playoffs. Evergreen. Mm-hmm. 
what what are they gonna do? And now like it's all the rumors of like Ishbia is like kind of running the show like in all departments. Like he fired Monty and like James Jones really isn't even like the GM anymore. Like, right. What do you, how do you how do you best summarize the the dumpster fire that is currently the Phoenix Suns? Even though we really like it, how do you best describe it? Here's the deal, man. I think I think Phoenix would have done better this postseason if they had not done the Kevin Durant deal. I think that they were a more complete team, a more sound defensive team, uh, a, a deeper team without that deal being done. And and this kind of is a testament to the way that the NBA is shifting. Because, you know, we, we had the era of the big threes. We had the era of the dynamic duos. And now you look at the conference finals, and really it's outside of – Los Angeles, but even there, I would say it's like one dominant player and then really great pieces around him that really fill out a roster really well because AD is the best player on that Lakers team and he's played like at this playoffs. You know, he's, he's a stud defensively. He dropped 40 in game one in that loss. LeBron has taken a step back and I think rightfully so. And I think it's just been a, not a step back in terms of his, uh, production because he's I mean he's still averaging 25 points a game 10 rebounds six assists and he's shooting 50 percent from the field but he's letting ad be the guy and I think that is what has fueled this run of theirs as a seven seed to get to a conference final it's crazy um and I think I think you know you look at the other three teams you got Jimmy as the guy in Miami, and then a bunch of great role players around him. You saw those guys, those role players, step up tonight. Um, you know, you you look at Boston; it's 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 Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, but they play like they kind of take turns. It's like one night Jason Tatum's the guy, and Jalen Brown takes the back seat, and then the next night it's Jalen Brown is the guy and Jason Tatum takes the back seat. And that's where we might see Jalen Brown even move on from the Celtics this offseason to kind of get his own team. And then you look at Denver and it's like you got you got Nikola Jokic and and then just a perfectly built team around Nikola Jokic. So I, I think that Phoenix was trying to do the thing where we're like, look, we have Devin Booker. He's a solidified superstar. We want to get him with another all-NBA player. But you had pieces around Devin Booker that made him into what he was. And and he had a great postseason in terms of his his play up till that elimination game. But we've seen him two straight years now when he's needed to step up the most in those elimination games where he has been smaller than his shadow. And I think that that speaks to who he truly is as a player. Um, when the when the lights shine brightest, he, he's a he, front runner. He's, he's a front he's runner. He's a front runner. He absolutely, and I is. will always preach that until he proves me wrong. And we've seen that when he plays the Mavs every single time. When they're up, he's talking, you know. And and when they lose, when they're down, he is silent, and he won't even talk Clown. to the media. And Clown. it's like it's clown activity. Bro. It really is. It really That's is. That's the thing for me. It's like you can't pull a Dylan Brooks and just not talk to the media, bro. Mm-hmm. Like. Especially like he left Durant. I think I told you this, or I told somebody this. He left Durant out to dry, like yep. in all the the exit interviews and the yep. post game of Game Six. Like Durant just got there, man, and he played like what fifteen games combined yeah. Yeah. postseason and, and regular season because of injury and stuff. Yep. Like, come on, man! Like 
he shouldn't have to pick up the slack from from you being the franchise guy in Phoenix right. or whatever. I can't stand him, bro. I'll never take him seriously. I'm so glad they're out of it because of him specifically. But also to to kind of piggyback on all that you were just saying, like you're right. Like wrong time to do the trade because think of all the depth that they lost. Yeah, we're talking about technically we're just talking about Mikhail Bridges and uh Cam Johnson, but technically Jake Crowder was in the trade too, but he wasn't going to play. Those are two guys that you would much rather played over Jock Lawndale and uh, campaign, even though campaign had to play by default. Tory Craig, uh, for instance, it's like Tory Craig is a good bench piece, but you don't, he's not a guy you want to start at your power. No, no. And really like, I know it was a six game series, but let's be real. Phoenix, Phoenix got away with, one in game four because mm-hmm. of Booker being great, but Landry Shamit was awesome that game too. Yeah. If you don't have Shamit having the game of his life, then you, you, I mean, you're, you're, you lose in five games and it's embarrassing. It's, it, some of those games were not even close, like that elimination game. I mean, it was just Denver had him in a stranglehold the entire time at an arm's length away. And Jokic, he he had his way with Aiton and with any defender that they threw at him. He dominated. And it's like, to do that two years in a row on your home floor is like, I mean, borderline unacceptable. It's not even the right term. It's just straight up like, you can't do that. It's fine if it's on the road, I guess, because like you're on the road. Like you're, you have a less likely chance to win on the road because your role players are not typically as as good as they are at home. Right. But to have that happen two years in a row in Phoenix mm-hmm. is, is clown activity. It's straight up embarrassing, it's, but I'm all here for it because oh, I yeah. super dislike them and most of the guys on their team. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, not great. Now to talk about Monty for a second, Monty is not the reason why uh, he's, he's not the reason why he is a reason, but he's not the yes. reason. Yeah, no, and I, I don't I think agree. he should have gotten fired. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't think you you let go of the experiment of him being of him coaching Durant after 15 games. Right. Right. I kind of. I kind of hated that, especially from HBS perspective. Of like, come on, dude. Like, even though you didn't. I mean, this is what new owners do. They get their people in, and whatever, and. I, I bet you they're going to hire Isaiah Thomas and it's going to be an absolute disaster or whatever yeah. they do. Yeah. Uh, whether that's in a coaching role or in a front office role or both, because mm-hmm. I feel like it's just that done to do it. Yeah. Um, that's probably a hot take, but who cares? Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I just, that was the one of all the coaching decisions that have been made this season, this postseason. That's the one where I'm like, I don't agree with that. Like yeah. at all. Like mm-hmm. Bud, sure. We're we're about to talk about Doc Rivers. That kind of there's a lot of it is on him. A lot of it's also on how Embiid and Harden play. We're gonna talk about that in a second, anyway. Yeah. This one is like I I don't think that's the reason why. I I think the reason is you traded for a superstar to pair him with your other superstar. You didn't have enough time to gel. So what? You have a couple more years to do it. It's not yeah. that big of a deal, right? But and also you can trade Aiton in the summer, which I bet they'll do to trade CP3, which I bet they do, to try to get assets back and to actually make your team more complete. You don't give up on Monty that quickly, I don't think. Mm-hmm. But so be it. Where do you think he goes? Quick fire I, question. I, there, there's a lot of good spots for him. It, de- it kind of depends on where these younger teams 
uh, what direction they're looking to go in. If they're still looking to kind of tank and and you know accrue these these high picks and and keep getting younger, um, I think a great spot for Monty because of the uh, the talent that's already there and the defensive ability of this team. If they make some moves this summer. I think a, a a really good contender would be Utah. I don't know if they're looking to make a change because of the success. Interesting. The, because of the success that I, they had I don't, this year. There's no way they do it with, with Hardy just getting. Yeah, there. there's no way. I, I don't think so. But I just would love to because Monty is a is a tough nosed guy. He's going to get the most out of your your players. And if they got like a really solid three and D wing this year, then like they could be playoff contenders next year with the level of talent that they have. If they make some good moves, get Sexton out of there, get a, like a true point guard in there, uh, maybe flip uh, flip uh, Jordan Clarkson for someone else. Um, but I don't, I don't know. They're, I think Utah has a really bright future next year, and I think Monty would be a really good look there. Um, I think, okay. I think a, an easy spot for him to go would be Milwaukee. I think okay. he, I think he kind of fits hand and glove in with what they already have going there, and yeah, um, yeah. I don't think he'll have to do much, honestly. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, I think the spot for him, I don't think it's particularly close. I think the the spot for him is Toronto. Like, yeah, without yeah. a doubt. Like, it's not it's not a team that has like a true superstar. Like, you have obviously good players on the roster, mm-hmm. but they're they're pretty solid defensively, and I just think he fits the vibe of that team more. And they need good vibes. Yeah, you know? they do. Like, not that Nick Nurse was not a bad vibes guy, I don't think, but there was definitely some like tension with him and uh, and Pascal that was clearly mm-hmm. obvious. And like OG, right, was not the best vibes guy either. And so Monty brings that. And so from just that perspective, I think he would be helpful in that. And I and I don't think it's that much of a downgrade, I would say, from Nick Nurse. So to me, that oh, that yeah. seems like the prime spot because I think Nick Nurse should go to Milwaukee. I think that is like, if I'm Milwaukee, I would have already hired Nurse. Like, yeah. I don't know what they're waiting on. Like, yeah. that's the best coach available on the market, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And you're going to pair him with Giannis. Yeah. Like, come on, man. Like, and he, and he has a ring and he, he right. has the, the evidence that he can get it done mm-hmm. with a superstar exactly in the Eastern conference. Like what else do you want? What are you waiting on? Milwaukee? Well, I, I Horse, think but... what they're waiting on is for Dallas to fire Jason Kidd and then, you them know, hire that Nick would be Nurse. great. Gosh, <laughs> that would be great. Gosh, I would take nurse or money on the maps. Over I would too. Freaking kid. I would too. Oh, too bad. It's never going to happen because Cuban is cheap and doesn't want to pay out the rest of the kids contract. Yeah. Even though clearly he doesn't deserve to be in the job. No. But anyways, not to make everything about the Mavs like we <laughs> That's always do. That's neither here or there. But. Yeah. Golly. Uh, quick, quick hit on the Knicks. Any thoughts on, on them? And Julius Randle's a bum. He's, he's a, <laughs> he relies on the regular season to make him look good. And then when it comes to playoff time, he just chokes. And it's been three postseasons now that we've seen that. And it's like, gosh, dude, it's, it's, it's hard to watch. I mean, he can't shoot the ball. He can't play defense. Um, he turns the ball over. It seems like every other play. It's, it's really difficult to watch him play. Jalen Brunson, man, he is the real him. deal. 
he alone pushed that series to six games, playing all 48 minutes of that game five at home at Madison Square Garden, one of the biggest stages in the NBA when the lights are the brightest, when you're facing elimination, played all 48 minutes, dropped 38 points, almost had a triple-double. And, I mean, he, he's a stud. They need to trade Randall. They they got to make some changes there because what they've got is not working. I think you could trade Randall. You could trade R.J. Barrett, too, especially after this playoff room where he's kind of upped his stock. Um, he, he looked pretty good in these playoffs, and uh, I think he had like five straight 20-point games at one point. But uh, I think you center your franchise now around Jalen Brunson, you re-sign Mitchell Robinson in the offseason for good money because he's one of the best rim protectors in the game. Really solid rebounder, especially on the offensive end. Make sure you keep Josh Hart, Isaiah Hartenstein, um, the role guys that, that helped you get to the second round, that helped you make this run. Um, but, man, get rid of Julius Randle. And if, and if you can get good value back for Barrett, then do that too. I think, I think it's time for some changes up there. Okay. Um, yeah, not much else to add there. Brunson, I miss you. Yep. I will never get over the fact that we got rid of him, especially with how well he's played. Yeah, I won't either. Yeah. So, I mean, kudos to them. I, I said that they were going to finish like ninth or 10th. And so yeah. for them to make the second round and I think I had them as a play series. team, but to, yeah. to make, to get the five seed, win a road series to in the first round. I mean, that's, yeah. I, I think it's a successful season, no matter how you look at it. Yeah. But I think yeah. the, the parts of the season that are going to stand out the most is the recurrence of Julius Randall's playoff woes and the inability for, um, of shot making. I mean, they, they need, they need shooters like bottom line. I think they shot yeah. 33% from the, from the three point line in the playoffs, yeah. which is lowest out of all, all the teams in the playoffs. So, um, yeah, it's tough. That's tough. Yeah. They need more depth. Yeah, they do. Like Grimes was great this year. Uh, Deuce McBride was a good, like death piece, obviously quickly was awesome, mm-hmm. but like, and Hartenstein, but, Man, not not being able to play any more guys besides them because Evan Fournier is a bum and Derrick yeah. Rose is old and Obi Toppin is still somewhat inconsistent in some ways. Not entirely, but still in some ways. That's got to be a bummer. So yeah. I would su- suspect that they will try to fill out some stuff. But they also have a lot of assets, so they would not surprise me if they mm-hmm. you know, try to get somebody big. But yeah. I, we'll see how the offseason goes. Right. Um, because... With the new CBA, do you really want to play the the risk of having two superstars and another like really expensive guy on your team because of the mm-hmm. tax implications and the penalties and all that? Right. Which that's that's going to be a theme as we talk about other teams. But um, yeah, kudos to the Knicks for having a good year. Uh, your Warriors, really quick, mm-hmm. um, real quick. What do you think about all that? By the way, it sounds like I was just reading on Twitter just now that the team and Myers, Bob Myers are not close on a deal. So it may look like he leaves in the off season. If so, I I think I might've seen the same thing and uh, that got me thinking if he leaves, I think it's time for an overhaul. 
um, where you keep Steph and you keep uh, like Looney, and that might be it. Like GP two can stay too. Um, I think that Clay and Draymond, um, with them both wanting those massive extensions, they uh, are, are better. You're better off trading them with the value that they have left. Um, Clay really hurt his stock in these playoffs. Uh, I think he had three or four straight games to close this Lakers series with 10 or fewer points, which is pretty tough uh, considering you're one of the best shooters on the planet, supposedly still. Um, Draymond, you know, he still has value, especially defensively. Um, and I mean, you know, you had that 20 point game, uh, in the Warriors win, uh, in game five, but I I think it's time for the Warriors to kind of switch it up. I think that Steph, obviously still his team, he can still light it up. He averaged 30 points a game, uh, in the playoffs. Um, I, I think, Jordan Poole and Wiggins should go too. You can you can get some pretty good value from Wiggins because he played really well these playoffs too. But Poole, you just signed into that extension, and then it turns out, uh oh, he can't play defense. He's a huge liability on that end of the floor, and he got outplayed in terms of minutes by Gary Payton the second for the back half of the, that Lakers series. Um, so I, I think really. The days of seeing guys like Lou Will, Jamal Crawford, Jordan Poole, uh, you just talked about Emmanuel Quickly, guys that are studs on offense that are like kind of that small combo guard kind of build um, that can really light it up when they're on um, but can't play a lick of defense. I think those days are gone because in the the rapid switching uh, and fast pace that, that this, this NBA plays in, um, it's really easy to target those guys and to, to get them uh, kind of out of the game really quick. So um, I think he should go uh, RIP to the Warriors because, I mean, they, they even with their road struggles this year, they were a great team. Um, I think they'll be back and, and still strong next year competing in the West. Quick fire questions. Um I mean, I think Draymond should stay, personally. You said Poole should go, which I super agree with. Do you think Kaminga gets traded? I think if you do a clay deal in terms of like a sign and trade or whatever you're doing, I don't know if he's a free agent. He's not. He has a, I think he has an option. Okay. Well, you know, if, if you trade clay, you might package Kaminga in that. If you trade Poole, you might package Kaminga in that just to add something because we've seen flashes where Kaminga is really great, especially against our Mavericks. He just tends to play really well against us. Um, yeah, but who doesn't? Right. That's that's true. We can't play defense. Um, but, uh, I mean, he wasn't on the floor for much of that Lakers series. So it, it's... Um, it's it's at the point now. I think he's going into year three, where you know you've seen a really good sample size of what he can give you. You've also seen a really good sample size of his downfalls and shortcomings. And so I think it's now it's the time to decide: do we really invest in this guy, given the minutes to show us that we're right about him, or do we not really think that highly of him? And do we include him in this deal with Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins, possibly 
trading them to, I don't know, the Celtics has been something that I know Colin Coward uh, proposed for Jalen Brown and Malcolm Brogdon, um, which I honestly think would be a really great, great deal for both sides. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I think his short, his time there is, is going to be short lived. Um, whether it's this year or next year that he's gone. Okay. Okay. Um, now here's just a, a very hypothetical and it's all dependent on if Draymond, what happens with Draymond. Mm-hmm. And I only think of this because of the comment that he made earlier in the week. If Draymond leaves, does Curry leave too? I, I think that's a that's a legit question to ask. Genuinely, I think it's a for legitimate him, question to ask. Because but, for him to say we're not contenders if he's not there, and you can already kind of get the vibes that he doesn't want to be doing this much longer. Yeah, I think that it would take a really great situation to get Curry away from the Warriors. I think uh, he's one of the few. You know, super loyal superstars that we have. No, left. no, 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 no. Hold on, hold on. Not Curry, Kerr. Oh, Kerr, Kerr. I was sorry. Like, <laughs> I did not pronounce that right. No, okay. not Steph. No, no, no. Steph is Steph is a worry for life. I'm yeah. talking about Kerr. He's I'm a talking about for Steve Kerr. Yeah, mm, yeah, yeah. Man, that's a really good question. See now, see now, now you get what I'm saying. Hmm. I just don't know where. Where is a better situation for him? Because I think that he operates well. That's what I'm saying. So I don't well even. I don't. I'm not saying that there, there even is one. I'm saying he yeah. might retire or just commit to Team USA the, for yeah. full time. That's fair. And and he could step into the the press box and and call games if he wanted to. Yeah, I mean, go back to TNT. He has so many options. Um, and and it wouldn't be a terrible pl- way to to go out. But I I think Kerr is. He's got that competitive fire in him, and I, I think he would want to go out on top if he did. And I think that he he truly believes that as long as Steph's there, they're contenders. So, I mean, maybe give it another shot, try to revamp the roster a little bit, like I was talking about, and then see. But I mean, that is an interesting question and one that I really haven't thought about. Yeah, I just I just think him saying, "Oh, we're not a contender, we're not competing for a championship with Draymond. It's not around." Mm-hmm. tells me enough to to think like oh maybe he's not in this for the long haul like we thought yeah um, but like you said like a true uh like a true 98 bulls player going out on top would probably be the move for him so yeah yeah which is, no, I, yes. I agree yeah uh yeah I, I know you're you're sad about their season ending but yeah I mean, they just got outplayed it, it is what it is it was okay, a really Philly. great series from ad yeah. props to yeah. him yeah, yeah. Philly. Talk to me about Philly and the dumpster fire. Man. Uh I think I think we can safely say that uh the process has failed. Um th- this was the last shot for us to be able to trust the process. Ten years, uh and most of that spent losing to get to a point where you still haven't made a conference final is probably the most disappointing. I couldn't imagine being a Philadelphia sports fan right now. I think that the past year has really sucked, and the past decade of being a Sixers fan in particular has just been painful. Yeah, the past year has been brutal. My gosh. I mean, I I think you're sitting there if you're a Philly fan, or if you're a 76ers fan, and you say, 
Harden's declining his option. He's probably not going to let us sign and trade him. He'll he'll go re-sign in with Houston or, or somewhere else. Um, Embiid's not happy. He doesn't think that he has the help that he needs. You have a terrible one year left on Tobias Harris's contract. You have a terrible contract with P.J. Tucker. You have to extend Maxi this offseason. You just got rid of your champ- NBA champion head coach and the worst Game 7 performer head coach in the history of basketball. So bad. Your GM really doesn't look like he knows what he's doing. Um, and at this point, I think it's safe to say that their best foot forward would be to look at trades for Embiid. Um, kind of test his, his value, you know? I think you look at a place like Oklahoma City, who has the plethora of picks over the next seven years, and you say, give me Giddy, give me Jalen Williams, give me five or six picks, and... And Lou Dort, probably, And too. Lou Dort, pro- to make the money work, yeah. Um... Uh, because I don't think that if Joel Embiid can win the MVP this year and have James Harden and have Tyrese Maxey and have the the depth that we have talked about so frequently on this show that Philly did have this year, so saying that they didn't have help, him saying that in that exit interview, ridiculous. And they were the ones who showed up in Gate 7, not him and James. Exactly. I mean, when you are the league MVP and you have 15 points and eight rebounds, that's what I expect from like a backup center on a on a good night, you know. Dude, and he got cooked, cooked. He let 36 year old Al Horford clamp him up too. Well, yeah, that too. I was I was talking to or I was in a Discord during the game with you know with our, our friend of the show Brian Gill. And he was saying that imagine if Rudy, if this was Rudy yeah. like, playing in a game seven yeah. like, and all the slander that he gets for being terrible on the perimeter. Yeah. Why are we not giving that to Embiid? Because he got absolutely murdered by Tatum specifically. Mm-hmm. Like, cooked. Anyway, continue. Yeah, I, I think I think at this point, if you're Philadelphia, you invest in Tyrese Maxey. You say screw it to everything else and you blow it up because you got rid of your head right. coach. I, I would, if I was any of the available coaches on the market, I would not look at Philadelphia and say, that's a really good situation. I want to go be a part of. I, I just, I just don't think it's, I don't think things are looking up for them. And, and I think it's time to, to officially, uh, eulogize the process and lay it to rest. I'm not going to go that far just yet. I'm not as bold as you are. Um, You're incredibly bold for saying that, for bringing that up. I do think that's coming next year if it doesn't get any better, for sure. Like 100%. But I do think Harden's gone. I think it's painfully obvious to me, based on the reporting, based on his vibe, and just the fact that he wants to be in Houston, which Mm -hmm. is incredible to me that he wants to go back. uh, Because that's a horrible horrible situation like the culture there is super bad i mean you saw wemby last night like the little like reaction that he had when houston was given the third or fourth pick 
Yeah. Like he didn't want to be there. People in his camp definitely did not want him to be there. We know that. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm not, again, I'm not ready to go that far just yet, but I do get what you're trying to say. It's definitely on life support. And I honestly don't know who would be a good coach replacement for them. Um, like, I don't think Nick nurse should go there. I don't think that, uh, Monty Williams should go there. I, I don't know, like Frank Vogel, <laughs> somebody, I don't know, like I, nothing, nothing to me sticks out as far as I, I feel like this is what they're going to do is they're going to hire D'Antoni. That's what's going to happen. They're going to hire Mike D'Antoni <laughs> and it's going to be literally the Houston Rockets in Philadelphia, but maybe without Harden, which would be kind yeah. of a disaster. Oh, go. Let's go. Let's go. Vamos, mis tigres. Vamos. Sorry. One, one. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Like a like a true Mexican uh, football <laughs> announcer. Um, I think yeah. it'll be a little bit more high pitched than that, but yeah. And and like a minute longer. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Just oh, what a disaster. Like that second and third quarter of Game Seven. Like. I lost brain cells like basketball brain cells watching that. It's like, how can you be this bad for this long of a stretch? It was horrible. I think it was done even before game seven. I think the moment that you know, true third quarter of game six, that is where they lost this. Yes. 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 Like the fact that Tatum was having probably the worst game of his career. Yeah. In game six, and you don't finish it then, and then you let him have an all-time performance in game seven, which we've talked about. I think we talked about it last episode or the, or the first round episode about how Tatum, we don't think he's all that. I don't think he's all that. I, I'm yeah. starting to not like him. Yeah. But he, he definitely talked the talk and walked the walk after game six and, and walked did. the walk after uh, game seven or during game seven. It but did. it shouldn't have never happened in the first place because mm-hmm. Philly didn't do its job in game six, like you said, in the third quarter and then it killed the game off. It It is so just mind-boggling to me, the amount of intensity and grit and toughness that they were playing with through, I mean, and it was, it was even spotty like in the second quarter, but first quarter and then like the first half of the second quarter and then most of the third quarter until like the last four minutes, they were just playing tough. They were bodying Tatum. They were throwing multiple guys at him. They were getting in his face and he had like three points heading into the fourth. And you uh, essentially you, you single man him with Tobias Harris of all people for most of that fourth quarter. And you let him get, just get cooked. It it was, it was Harris and Maxi on switches, but Man, it was it was so painful to watch and so frustrating to watch because I I was rooting for Philadelphia. So in that essence, I was a Philadelphia fan for the for those moments. But I could not imagine being an actual like Philadelphia native watching that game where we're like, oh my gosh, we're about to upset Boston and then have you know the home court in in the Eastern conference finals, what a moment this is. The process like is finally here. It's arrived. And then to watch Jason Tatum to completely turn it around and just cook us in that fourth quarter. That, that was so infuriating and I cannot believe that it happened still. I mean, it was, it, it was a really great performance, 
Um, but man, yeah, I, I agree with you about not liking Tatum right now. I, I, I'm a pretty big Tatum. I'm so hater. out, bro. I'm yeah. so out, bro. Uh, anyway, um, that's it for all the teams that got eliminated, right? Mm-hmm. Last round. Okay, cool. Um, let's end with the conference final matchups. Let's let's talk the let's get the let's get the elephant in the room out of the way. Um, John Morant. Mm-hmm. I mean. I, I, I want to be I want to be very careful with my words here. Um, just don't do it, man. Like you're sure. Okay, here's the thing. He's not breaking any laws. He's right. not doing anything of that front. Yeah. But also, you have to abide by the rules the NBA has set out because it is a private organization, right? Yes. Like you have to abide by that. He is a superstar. He is a face of the league. He has a signature shoe that just came out. He has a ton of kids to look up to him. He's a big face in the Memphis community. Absolutely. For him to not learn from his mistakes and do something that he did two months ago, again, albeit not on his own Instagram account, but from somebody else's, to me, to me, I know Silver talked about it last night on the lottery show and he was very visibly frustrated about it, as yeah. he should be. As he should right. be. Um, I don't. I mean, I've heard the the numbers being floated out of like, oh, this would be a right amount of suspension. I don't think anything less than a year would do enough, honestly. Like, yeah. and I and I and I don't want to crucify him by any means, but I don't think that's how he's going to learn his lesson. Like, no, no, because because Memphis isn't going to do it. They'll give him like a week off again, and it won't even matter. But it's like you can't do that, man. Like especially doing it again two months later, because now the words that you said after game six of the Lakers series, now all the stuff that you said when you came out and apologize the first time, they don't mean anything. The statement he put out last night or two nights ago, who cares, man? Like nobody believes you. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. That's how it works. What are your thoughts? The statement that he put out two nights ago could have been written by an AI bot. Like that was, it, Did you see the me, meme about that? It was like Jaw GPT. No, I on didn't. Twitter, dude, it was awesome. It was straight but, up like yeah. people like going into AI bots and like saying like, "Oh, write like a statement, an apology," and it oh was and it was like almost verbatim like what he gosh, said. Gosh, man. Well, <laughs> dude, I mean, I, I'm serious. Like, it's like he. It, it doesn't feel heartfelt. It doesn't feel like he wants to learn or get better. Um. And I agree with you. I don't. I I think that I don't think any amount of of game uh, suspension will will change him, or change his mindset, because that just seems like that's what he wants to surround himself with. When you get to this level, yeah, childhood friends will always be whatever you know, and and your boys, are your boys, and you're going to give back to them, and you're going to try to bring them up with you, whatever. But if if you are surrounding yourself with people that live that kind of lifestyle, that is just not a good thing for your career and for you as a person. You got to get away from that. And, and I completely agree with you. You are a role model above all else, above being a professional basketball player, above being a superstar, above being a millionaire. You are a role model to, to kids that are buying your shoes, that are buying your jerseys, that are coming 
to games that are falling in love with basketball just because you play the game. They love to watch you play. And now, not only have you, you know, spit on the shoes that they're wearing, the jerseys that they've bought, but you have taken away possibly, like you said, a whole year of those kids watching you play basketball, which brings them so much joy. And that is what you have to think about. You have to be selfless in these moments. You have to look at who relies on you. And it's not just your family. It's not just your friends. It is this entire NBA community, and it is the fan base that you are so lucky to have support you. Um, and again, I, 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 he didn't do anything illegal. It's, it's not like you can't own a gun. That's fine. But man, just be responsible with it and be smart about it. It's, it's so childish and granted he is younger than, than I am. And so, so, I mean, it's, it's not surprising because young people make mistakes all the time, but it is just really disappointing, especially after the apology and, you know, him, him trying to, you know, take time to really think through things and better himself or that's what he said. And now to come back and do this, like you said, it's like these words don't mean anything. Show us with your actions. Don't do boneheaded things. Be responsible with your time, with your actions, and who you surround yourself with. That's true. Young people do make mistakes. Like me, starting a podcast. Terrible (laughs) mistake. Let me stop. Let me stop. Let me stop. No, no, I agree with everything you said. Like, it's just... It's infuriating for me as somebody who like works with kids mm-hmm. and like knows that like kids look up to people like him and look up to people like Luka Doncic and look up to people like LeBron James and yeah. uh, Patrick Mahomes and XYZ mm-hmm. throwing whatever athlete like that stuff matters, man. And I yeah. think about it in that sense. And I think about it in the sense of his daughter, like look at the example you're setting for your I can't remember how old Kari is, but she's very young. Look at the example you're setting for her. It's not a good one. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. It's not. So I think it needs to be a year because I don't, I don't think anything less than that will warrant any sort of thing. And also if I'm Nike, I'm having serious conversations about the rest of his uh, signature deal, like Mm -hmm. straight up. Um, I know it's, it kind of feels like the the second coming of the the whole Kyrie uh, situation with his shoes and, and all that. But I mean, I feel like you have to talk about that because again, yeah. he's not breaking laws, but just the magnitude uh, of this whole thing and, and what it means to a lot of people and how it impacts people. I'm sorry. Like you have to, right. you have to do something about it in my, in my eyes. Um, mm-hmm. So anyway, need to get D- that out of the way. I just don't want him to be Gilbert you. Arenas. I don't, yeah, I don't no, want him don't to be either. Gilbert Arenas, you know? So yeah. Sorry. Go question, ahead. Question for you about that, this situation. Do you think, that because of what we've talked about on previous episodes where the Grizzlies statistically are better than, than, than like without Jaw than they are with him, do you think that there's a possibility do you think that there's a possibility that they trade him or look into that? That's the thing. Who's gonna want to deal with that? Chicago. Right? <laughs> sure. That is not a joke. <laughs> that, that is sure. That is a legitimate sure. landing spot, but also it's kind of ironic. 
Well, and like <laughs> it, you think about it, in my eyes, it's not entire. It's not even close. Like it's two totally different situations. But there are some trends and similarities in this situation, in the sense, like in that sort of way of like trying to trade him and dealing with the baggage of like what the Mavs have done in trading for Kyrie Irving and dealing with the baggage that he brings, mm-hmm. right? There's some right. similarities in that regard. So it's just a matter of what team wants to deal with that, you know? Yeah. And yeah. obviously it's early enough to where he can, you know, like fix everything and he can actually, you know, talk to talk and walk the walk. But who knows? Who knows? Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. It's I, I feel like that's a question that, not that I don't think it's answerable right now, but it's a very weird... Did they call it off? Is he offside? Oh, come on, man. He's not offside. I'm sorry. I got sidetracked, but that's such a stupid decision. Anyway, um, no, I, I don't... I don't think any team would want to deal with it right now. So, yeah. Um, but that's just me. Uh, draft lottery, really quick, because um, we've got like... 25 30 minutes. So the Spurs are getting Wimby because they got the mm-hmm. first pick. Who's two? Charlotte? I yes. forgot. Charlotte Who's, is two. And then three is Houston? Yes. And four is four. I don't know. Five is Detroit. Detroit, which super sucks for them. That is so and then Orlando's having, like six and eleven. Yeah. Imagine being a Pistons fan and having to watch Killian Hayes start at point guard all season Brutal. and James Wiseman play center just to get the fifth pick. It's Brutal. tough. It's really tough. Absolutely brutal. Um, anyway, that's kind of what we're going to talk about. I mean, we don't even need to talk about Wemby. Like, we know Wemby's going to go number one, and it it kind of feels right for him to go to San Antonio of all the places because of... San Antonio's history, yeah, and and their history and the French players that they've had on their team and all that. So it feels right in that regard. Is Scoot gonna hold on? Is Scoot gonna go number two to Charlotte? I think slash if they do that, is the is the possibility of trading Lamella Ball up there, or or would they try to pair him in the backcourt together? I genuinely don't know. I don't think that they could pair them in the backcourt together because. Like that is a true situation where you have two guys that are so ball dominant. Like, like you can say Luca and Kyrie, whatever. Those guys are elite players that can make it work. Look at Lamelo and Scoot. Like Scoot, I mean, he he has the ball in his hands every single possession. Lamelo, he is the facilitator and the leading scorer of that team. So that is going to be an issue. Also, to interrupt you, sorry, Portland yes, no, is three. Good. Houston Portland's is four. Portland's three, Houston's four. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Which screwed um, Portland, by the way. That's shameful, shameful tanking by them. I hate that they're getting rewarded for it. It's really stupid. At least the, I mean, if they didn't get punished for, for that, then I'm glad that the league held the same standards for the Mavericks that intentionally tanked, very obviously intentionally tanked, and still got to keep their pick. That's um, true. But I, I think that... Um, What's his name? Brand, is it Brandon Miller out of Alabama? Yes, 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 yes. I think he would be a perfect fit in Charlotte, and I think that is who they should take because you're you're probably most likely moving Miles Bridges this offseason. Um, 
You would think. Yeah, and so I mean, this dude doesn't even need to be in the league anytime soon. Let's like, be let's be really let's, honest here. Yes, yes, but you know that that that's going to be swept under the rug, and some team is going to pick that up. Um, I've seen a lot of mock trades where, where that he's involved in, and I'm like, how? Like, why would someone just ignore all of the things that he's been involved with off the court, but regardless, yeah. he'll be gone. I think that is it. Is it Braxton or Brandon Miller? Brandon, Brandon, Brandon Miller, Miller. Brandon Miller. Um, I think he would be a great fit. I think he okay. is an underrated player. He had a bad tournament, so people are kind of looking down on him for that. But I think he's a he's an NBA ready shooter and defender, and I think that's something that the Hornets really need right now. Yeah, yeah, I, I would agree with that. We already talked about this, you and I, on the Mavs group therapy episode, but just to kind of re-hit on it again, I mean, we we kept the pick, hooray. Mm-hmm. I'm still team keep the pick. Um, I can't remember what you said. I know you mentioned guys. I think you said you were team trade, but you had guys that you would take at 10, right? Yes. Is that what you said? Yes, okay. that's correct. Uh, I like the, I can't remember his name, the guy who plays for UCF, I'm a big fan of. I've watched mm-hmm. some of his tape recently. I think he, honestly, I think he played, like, he might start on this Mavericks team because he does a lot of things well on defense. Yeah. I just don't think he'll be there at 10. Uh, now that it's happened, now that we know we have the, the pick, what are your thoughts on everything now? Just real quick. Now that we know the situation and we see that all these coaching moves have happened where people are getting fired, people are you know speaking that they're going to decline their player options, superstars are possibly becoming available, I think I'm team trade. And I think that I'm team trade for potentially another star player to form a big three with Luca Kyrie and that player. Um, now, who would that player be? Perfect world, obviously, Joel Embiid. That's me being a complete Mavericks glazer and <laughs> not not having any perception of reality at all. But uh... um, I, I do think that we can get some really good value with this pick because this draft is a little bit deeper than a lot of people really want to give That's it what credit I'm for, especially in this first round. Um, there are some guys that are going that are going to go in the twenties this this draft that could be you know eight through twelve picks in in normal drafts. So um, I, I I think that ten pick is a really good value pick. I think we package that with. You know Tim Hardaway and Bertons, and maybe a future second or something, and we could get a pretty, pretty great player in return. Um, I, you know, I, I haven't thought about it much past just the fairy tale ending of jo- having Joel Embiid on this team, but <laughs> um, maybe a sign and trade with Boston if they don't make the finals and get Jalen Brown. Um, Get some really good wing defense and and third, you know, third or second option scoring. Um, I don't know. I, I think there's a lot of really good prospects out there for us to look at, at least when it comes to fielding trade offers. Yeah. Three things. First thing, I think there's an importance to keep it because of what I mentioned earlier about the new CBA and about 
That's trying true. to not get super penalized and having a guy, a really nice role player on a cheap rookie deal for four years, I think would be pretty smart by the Mavericks, you know, considering Cuban is a cheap stake anyway, and mm-hmm. we're already in the luxury tax. Um, I already forgot the second thing I was going to say. Um, no, I, I don't remember now. I think there is some value in trading back. I think there's some value in trading 10 for, let's say you, you go to Brooklyn and you're like, okay, we'll give you the 10 pick. If you give us both your back-to-back picks at 20 and 21. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's mm-hmm. a realistic thing. Um, number three, this is not a statement or so of a question or it is a question. This is for you really quickly. Uh, I keep seeing this trade pop up everywhere. DeAndre Ayton for Tim, Maxie, and the 10th pick. Yes or no? I'd take it. Okay. I'd take it because I think that the reason that Ayton, we've seen Ayton be really great. We've seen Ayton go on streaks where, you know, Kevin Durant was out this year and he had 2020 games, you know? Um, we've seen him be locked in and be able to play well. I think the issue in Phoenix, and I wanted to talk about this earlier, but I forgot about it is the dynamic between Monty and Aiton. I think Monty really demanded a lot of him, as he should have, but didn't go about it the right way in terms of asking for that or trying to pull that out of him, and so Aiton kind of shut down. I think that... I don't know how Aiton and Kidd would interact, which is why I want Dallas to make a coaching change, but I think that in the right scenario... Aiton can be an all-star level player, not like an all NBA level player, but an all-star level player and a guy that can probably give this Mavs team a, a really solid, like 18 and 10, um, and a block per game and just be that kind of paint presence that we have. Oh, so needed over these past few years. Um, so I would, I would do that. I know losing Maxi is, is a, a big blow. Um, and but I, I think I think that would be worth it. Uh, I think you kind of look at maybe it's a draft night trade if that is the uh, the case, and you look at who's been taken in the top eight, and then you maybe give Phoenix a ring and say, hey, I know that things aren't looking great in your camp right now. Um, you fired your coach. You need to get rid of Chris Paul because he's old, injured, and has a huge contract. Can we talk about DeAndre? And I think that would be a good move. Okay. Aiden to me is too moody. I think yeah. it was transfer across whatever team. I don't think that's just a Phoenix thing, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe it could work here. Maybe it wouldn't. I don't know. Again, I'm still team keep, but that's a, that's more discussion for another episode. Mm-hmm. Before we wrap it up for tonight, we need to talk about the current conference finals, which yes, both have had their game once already. Um, Miami just beat Boston tonight. Um, much to my surprise, kind of a little bit. And Denver withstood a very strong uh, late game effort from the Lakers last night to take a one nothing seriously there. Uh, I'll let you pick uh, which series you want to start with and we'll go from there. Well, I want to start by saying we have been so wrong in these playoffs. With yes, almost very all true. So, <laughs> whoever listener, whoever we say is going to win each series, and it will probably be the other. Um, so, just take our words with a grain of salt. 
I think I want to go to the Nuggets series first. Okay. Um, but man, th- there were a lot of really good points that uh, that were brought up to me by um, by Dawson. Actually, uh, we were we were messaging about this on TikTok, and um, I, if I'm Denver, I am worried. I am looking at the second half of that game one and looking at the lineup that Darvin Ham was really going strong with, which is Dennis Schroeder, Austin Reeves, LeBron, Rui Hachimura, and Anthony Davis, and saying, this is like, game two is a must win. We cannot let this game slip, because if we do, and Los Angeles goes home and has that momentum, they will not lose game three or four. Um the the key to game one was was switching Rui Hachimura onto the Joker and the defensive effort that he put in on him. Um, he, you know, Anthony Davis was guarding him most of the game. Anthony Davis is an all league defender, and Joker or Joker Joker was putting in the work. You know, uh, he um, he was really giving it to him and. And then Hachimura comes in and forces a couple turnovers, forces a couple missed shots, boxes him out. He's hustling. He's he's fighting for those minutes. And I think that's the game. I think the starting lineup in game two should be that lineup of, of Schroeder, Reeves, LeBron, Hachimura, and Anthony Davis. And I think you might DNP D'Angelo Russell because he was so bad in game one. Um, yeah, he was real, real. Yeah, <laughs> he was a minus twenty five in the box score. He was a minus twenty five. So, uh, I, I think that if you're Denver, you have to come with a different game plan uh, in game two. You have to figure out a way to slow Anthony Davis down. I don't know if that is double teams. It probably is. Um, I, I don't think Denver's going to be as hot as they were from three in game two. That's really hard to keep up, Jamal Murray. But are the Lakers going to be as hot from the field too? Because they also shot the ball very well. Well, that's the thing is they consistently have shot the ball very well in these playoffs, which is crazy because they're not that great of a shooting team. I know, man. Same thing with Miami. Yeah, and, and I think the playoffs is when the the real contenders the real people that you can really trust to to hit these kind of shots in the clutch are the ones that that show up and and we've seen Miami and Los Angeles do it and i i want to say this right now i have been a bubble denier because i i thought you know the circumstances were so different and but now we have the same four finals or four uh, conference finals teams and i think the best two teams in these conference finals are Miami and Los Angeles. And largely they, they play the same brand of basketball. Um, the, the Lakers are super defensive minded. They're not a great three point shooting team. Um, the heat also super defensive minded, uh, rely heavily on their bench or bench and role players. And, and that's what we're seeing. I mean, we're, we're seeing that translate into three years later now from the bubble and they're doing the same thing that they did those, those three years ago. And um, but yeah, in, in terms of the Denver and Lakers series, if Denver loses Game Two, 
it'll be Lakers in six. If Denver wins game two, I think it will be Nuggets in seven with all home team wins. Yeah, okay. Interesting. Yeah. All right. After watching the game last night, I I was saying Nuggets in six just because I think their depth, because they use it a little more, I would say, than mm-hmm. L.A. does. Um, I think we'll we'll go a long way. Um, I think it just, I mean, it depends on if you can get the same sort of consistency from KCP and from um, from Bruce Brown and MPJ. I thought MPJ, that was the most locked in I've seen him play. Like, I don't watch a lot of Denver games, so I don't know. And maybe Nuggets fans know this better than we do. But that was the most like focus I've seen him play probably ever. And if you get that this entire series, they're going to be in good shape. Like he yeah. was active on the defensive end. He didn't make any dumb like decisions offensively from what I remember. If he does that the rest of the way, they will be fine because, you know, Nicole is going to do his thing. You know, Jamal is going to do his thing. The role players are consistent enough that you, they'll get the same production either way. So it's just a matter of how will the Lakers do? Like, will Austin Reeves continue to get the same calls that he's been getting all postseason, which is kind of insane, the calls that he's been getting, like, from the rest of It's kind of ridiculous, Yeah, honestly. like, some superstars do not get the calls that he's getting. Like, it's, I think he's averaging more free throws than Steph Curry is. It's, and you it's know insane. Steph Curry has fouled, it's like, insane. pretty much every play. And probably more it's, than Harden, too. Probably more than Harden, too. Yeah. It's wild. Like, Hachimura, like you said, was great, and, you know, it's... You know, sometimes one day that could be Vanderbilt, that could be that could be D'Lo, you know, it's just a matter of how everything shakes out. I don't I'm still saying Nuggets. I'm probably gonna agree with you, Nuggets in seven. Um I might actually agree with you about all the home teams like winning each game. But I do think the Lakers are gonna give a lot of trouble. Because, like you said, you know Denver's not going to shoot the way that they did last night again. So, yeah, um, yeah but that's kind of how I feel. Um, I really want Denver to win, like, this series because I think it would be cool too. for them to make the finals. And we are not Lakers people. We were Lakers <laughs> people uh, in the first round, but we have not been since then. Mm-hmm. But uh, sorry, Seven. I know you'll be listening. Sorry, buddy. Uh, but it would not surprise not me at sorry. all. If, I'm not I, sorry. I, I know you're not. <laughs> I, I know you're not. <laughs> but also, would not surprise me one bit if the Lakers are playing on June 2nd or June 1st, whenever game one of the finals is, like, at all. Like, I definitely, definitely can see after last night, oh, they could win the series if they do this. They do that. Like, if, if AD dominates, if he really, like, slows them down, if they disrupt um, their offense the way that they did in the fourth quarter, I do think... Yeah. There, there are viable ways for them to pull out four wins, um, but yeah, that's just, that's how I feel. Any any yeah. closing thoughts? They've consistently proven me wrong all season. I said preseason, I said that they were going to miss the play in. I think May, no, maybe I said they were going to get the nine seed. Regardless, they made the play in, they won the play in, and they're here in the conference finals. Yeah, Anthony Davis has been healthy and dominant on both ends of the floor. Uh, LeBron James, as old as that man is, he is not washed. He is nothing close to washed. 
He needs the respect that that he deserves from me, from every spectator. Um, and and the moves that they made at the deadline are, are what is pushing them over the hump right now. Um, so I, I, I would not be surprised if they won this series. Again, I hope to God that they don't because I will never hear the end of it from seven. 38-year-old LeBron <laughs> going to get his fourth ring, fifth ring, whatever fifth it ring, is. Fifth ring, yeah. Fifth ring, that's right. Um, but, you know, um, yeah, that, that's, all, that's all I have for, for that series. Okay. Real quick, to the East. Um, honestly, this is not great podcast content. Well, it may be great podcast content depending on how you, you view it, listener. This is definitely not great analysis. I hate Boston so much, and I want them to lose like pretty I do bad. Too. Heat in seven. That's all I gotta say. I Jimmy has been unbelievable. The fact that they still won at home tonight tells me a lot um, from from Boston. And again, I'm not. You know me and how I feel about Tatum. We already talked about it. Um, Miami's depth is just so interesting, though, that I don't know if it's going to hold up the whole series. But it, it was really interesting tonight. They had six guys score 15 or more points. Um, they had 30 points off the bench between two two different guys. Um, it was it was it was funny because I was looking at the scoring and like Jimmy had uh, 34, 35, and then every other player had 20 or 15. And then Kevin Love had eight. It's, it's a balanced attack. They shot really well from three tonight. Um, I, I, I will agree with you. I hate Boston. I, I want to see their downfall so bad. I want to see them split up Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Um, I, I am on the playoff Jimmy bandwagon and i have been since 2020 I, I i don't have any like receipts for that maybe tweeting about it a couple times i think i did but he is legit and he and he seems to just get well better too bad age. your twitter account is private so like only me and two other people could ever find out yeah i know yeah it's tough <laughs> i'm kidding i'm kidding <laughs> um but man it's like he he's 33 years old and he just continues to pull these rabbits out of his hat where it's so like, insane. you think you've seen me at my best in the playoffs. Watch this. Watch me, watch me get six steals tonight in a game watch one me, on the road. Right. Um, watch me hit these crazy tough clutch shots when I'm, where I'm shooting step backs or pull up threes. Like he is, he is legit. And, and I think that, uh, there's a possibility that Tyler Tyler Harrow comes back uh, if they make the finals. I want to see that happen so bad. Is there actually? They, they were talking about it tonight. Yeah, on the broadcast they were talking oh. about it. Yeah. So so it, they said broken hand whenever they first diagnosed his injury. He only has a couple of broken fingers on that hand, uh, and I think it's a oh. ring and middle finger, which is it still affects the shooting quite a bit. Right. Um, right. Or but, anything you do on the basketball floor, but exactly. Yes. But um, I think that would be a plus, and and I'm I'm gonna agree with you that the Heat win this series, which probably means that they lose because we've been wrong so many times. But, <laughs> but this time I want to be right. This I time be right I want to be right, Miami. and I want to say Miami in five games. 
That is a hot take. I will tell I, you that. I, that I'm, is hot. I'm predicting this. <laughs> I'm predicting this. The Celtics will shoot better than 50% from three in game two, and they will tie the series at one apiece. It'll, it'll be an onslaught from, from Boston in game two. Games three and four, Miami goes home. That crowd is roaring behind them. They play like they normally do at home. They win both games. They go 3-1 back to Boston. And after one quarter, that game is over. And Boston's fans are defeated. Boston's playing like they're defeated. They're flat. And the Heat win in five games. I'm going to speak this into prophetic existence right here tonight. I mean, I'm so down. Like, legitimately, I'm so down. Here's why I genuinely think Miami has a great shot. Realistically, are the Celtics probably winning this series? Sure. That's probably what's going to happen. However, I do think the best player on in this series and the best coach in this series are on Miami's side. Because mm-hmm. I, to me, Jimmy Butler has been a better player than anybody in Boston has. Not to say that Tatum and Brown haven't been bad, and Tatum has had really good stretches, like we just talked about. But Butler has been literally the entire reason why Miami has gotten to this point. And Spolstra has been unbelievable in the way that he's coached. I thought he was brilliant in the Milwaukee mm-hmm. series. And, you know, like the, the Knicks series was a little bit different, but I, I thought the way that he outcoached Bud, which albeit maybe not that hard to do. <laughs> it was, it was, it was great. Genuinely. Yeah. It was great. And the role players have been really great. Like Gabe Vincent has been unbelievable to the point where like, I don't even consider it. It's like, yeah, this is kind of fluky. Like, no, he's, he's a legit NBA player. And I think yeah. he's going to get a lot of uh, interest in the market. I think he's a free agent in the off season. So I think there will be, a lot of teams that will value him highly. Um, oh, yeah. And him and Struess has been unbelievable. And Bam has been doing his thing. And Kevin Love, man. Kevin Love has been yeah, awesome. Which, Starting now. I know. Like, you think about, like, the way his time with Cleveland ended. It's like, what could have been, man? You never know. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. I I really want Miami to win. Um, I say that as the team that employed the, the NBA uh former player that I despise the most in Dwayne Wade um, and the franchise that took away a title from my Mavericks, but I genuinely want them to make it back to the finals. And I think they would have a, a really, honestly, I think they'd have a really good shot against Denver. Yeah. I'm not so sure about the Lakers. Yeah. I don't think they match up well against the Lakers still like even three years later, but I think they would, they would give Denver a lot of problems in my yeah. eyes. But yeah. That's, that's a two weeks from now question when all of this gets figured out exactly um i'm not i'm missing anything before we do our, our quick little bits no um okay. no I, I think you're good man okay um shout out to stars really quickly um yes, all you hockey fans i'm so sorry uh garrett and i have really struggled to find a, a good time to to get a pod going because we've both been really busy uh, so hopefully we'll do that this weekend and hopefully get you one in time for this series but we're really excited about them um i think there's a great shot against vegas too so i'm really hoping we we get back to the cup final i bought a jersey um i'm i'm that like excited about it i finally got a star jersey so i'm in man i'm I'm really really pumped to to see how this series goes and and hope it goes our way. So let's see our team make the cup final. And if we make the cup final, I'm spending money to be at a cup final game. I will do 
not whatever it takes, but I will, I will do a lot of things to make sure I'm in the building for a game. Um, assuming I'm in town because June is the worst, not the worst month of my life, but is the busiest month of my life. So yeah, we'll see. Um, Jet, have you seen the World Cup logo that just came out tonight? I have not. Um, genuinely, might be the worst thing I've ever seen. Oh, no. I thought okay. you were going to get me excited about it. No, like, I'm, <laughs> I'm so disappointed. Look at that. That's, that's it? it? Yeah, that's it. And it's, like, supposed to, like... There's like, like different, like there's different iterations of it, like that you can add like color depending on the city that you're in, and it's supposed to be like inclusive, like marketing branding. But that is the main logo for the 2026 FIFA World Cup. How disappointing is that? Well, here's how disappointing that is. I took like two, two classes in Photoshop, and. I probably could have thrown something better than that together in about 20 minutes. Yeah. That is ridiculous, man. I, for, yeah. for an event this big of this kind of magnitude that can mean so much for all the host cities and, and America in general, I mean, like it's that whoever and made the that whole continent because be it's fun. a multi-continent yeah. event. It's a, it's right. a U.S. Mexico, right. Canada thing. Yeah. But whoever made that logo needs to be fired. They, I mean, Luckily, they have three years to fix it, right? Yeah. <laughs> I think if it yeah. gets enough backlash, they, they could re, uh, redraft that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would. I would I would do that. If I'm, if I'm close to FIFA, I would tell them, you guys are idiots. Figure it is, out. Is the public opinion so far been oh, that it's, it's so, generally oh, trash? Yeah. Yes. Okay, good. I I have not looked at Twitter much tonight because again I've had a busy night. I was in and yeah. out. We're, we're recording. I'm watching the game, yeah. the Digger's game on my phone, so I haven't been looking at Twitter. But the sure. bits and pieces that I did see, oh boy, oh boy, people <laughs> have opinions on this man, and none of That's them are good. good. So That's good. Um, positive. They're all good awesome. opinions in that everybody agrees that it sucks. So, um, <laughs> listener, go look it up for yourself and. If you disagree with us, I don't know. I I don't know what taste you have in uh, marketing and branding, but it's probably not a good one because genuinely it's horrible. <laughs> um, also, on another note, have you seen the leak of the Anthony Edwards shoe? I did see that. I saw that it, on Twitter. Isn't yeah. that horrible? <laughs> it's pretty bad. It's so. I'm bad. not gonna lie. It looks see, like Yeezy. It looks like a knockoff Yeezy. It does. Here's the deal. Not everybody needs a signature shoe. And I honestly, I think that there should be like NBA requirements to to have a signature shoe. Like you should have to make an all-NBA first team. Agreed. You should have to make X amount of all-star games. You should have to make a conference final or something like that. You know, because Anthony, what is Anthony? I, I, I love Anthony Edwards. I think he's an extremely talented player. I think he he is the face of the Minnesota Timberwolves franchise going forward, not Carl Anthony Towns. Agreed. We can probably both agree on that. Yeah. Um, but what has he done in the league? Like an All Star game, cool. Uh, a first round exit, nice. Uh, so yeah, I, I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah, it, it's pretty bad. Yeah, go look that not- up too. Not great. Go go look that up. It is. Yeah. It, I, I I know I won't buy it. I don't know who will. 
My no. brother might actually. My brother might go buy it. <laughs> you, dude, Nate and all his buddies will buy it for sure. Yeah, they have, he loves the Yeezys. He's they, got he's got some fake Yeezys. Him and his friend group also are just actually goofy I think like real that. Yeezys. Yeah, no, they are. That They're yeah, that, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Um, anything else that I, that we need to just mention? I mean, the Rangers continue to be good, so like. Which is yeah. great. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm excited about. I know they just lost tonight, but you know, first place is cool. Yeah, I'm not trying to get Atlanta. too excited. Though. Was great. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I honestly, I expected them to go into that Yankees series because up to that point, I thought that they really hadn't played much, you know, tough competition. And so going to that Yankees series, I was like, this will probably be it'll show our true colors a little bit. We won that three games to one. Um, and I think this team has a really solid chance, as long as they're keeping teams at a two or three game distance from them, uh, they have a chance to, to really make some noise. Um, I'm, I'm hoping they can even extend that. You know, they, they were just 10 games above 500. The Astros were as far as four and a half games back a couple days ago. I think they're like two and a half games back now because uh, of this series loss. But, right. Um, no man, I, I think that the the Rangers are legit. They have the pitching. They don't have the bullpen pitching, so they can address that at the trade deadline, hopefully. Um, but I'm really hoping for at least a wild card berth this year. I, I know that's yep. you know even even with the stage that we're at with this franchise, it's it's a lot to ask for. But um, I think that it's uh, it's attainable and it's exciting for sure. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, the offense is just so good that yeah. I think it, it it translates really well. Hopefully, to a postseason. Uh, scenario. So yeah, yeah, I'm I'm excited. Anything else before we wrap up? No, man. I think I think that's all that I've got on my heart. So yeah, man. Okay. Well, listener, thanks for bracing with us for another episode of of the show. Thank you for listening uh, very much. If you like what you heard, for whatever reason, you can rate and review the show on Spotify and Apple and all the places uh, where you listen podcasts. Or listen to podcasts, be sure to follow the pod on Instagram at Dennis Friends Pod and email the pod Dennis Friends Pod at gmail.com if you have any questions, comments, concerns, anything like that. Follow Jet and I on social media. Handles will be in the show notes. All the other funny links will be in the show notes as well. Um, I do have a couple little recommendations really quick. Um, one music recommendation, actually two music recommendations. Uh, if you like alternative, like rock, um, indie kind of vibe. Uh, Little Image, who's a band from the DFW area, who I kind of know a couple of the guys, but I know people that actually know them. Um, they just put out a record on last Friday, this past Friday, called Self Titled, and it is awesome. Go listen to it. Uh, go listen to Nick D's new album. Um, if you know, if you are on TikTok at all, you've probably heard this song. Uh, Fine Apple or his song Fine Apple. He just put out a record called Like Honey and it's pretty cool. Um, so listen to that. Um, again, if you're not watching Ted Lasso, what are you doing with your life? Because literally the season has been up and down, but the last episode that just came out last night, honestly incredible. So uh, go check that out. Um, and I think that's it from my Rex. Do you have any recommendations? Mr. Music Man. If you have not listened to the Jonas Brothers new album, that is also very true. Go do so. 
because yeah. I would say that all but like two tracks on there really like I loved, and it, it was super like funky, and they had a lot of very seventies really, eighties. Yes, man, and they had a lot of unique bass lines and rhythm sections, and I was just like, man, this is fun to listen to. John Bellion, man, John Bellion. John Bellion does wonders, and, and he was on one of the songs, and it was great. Yeah. Um, but man, that that's my one one music wreck for for this week for sure and if uh if you need a tv wreck i don't know if you've been keeping up with american idol this season but no. this is <laughs> no not a lot of people have but but man this season rocks and the finale is this weekend and it's gonna be pretty stellar right. um so maddie and i have been watching that and uh really pleased with the talent level it seems like there's there's more people that are like actually really good at singing that are coming onto this show now again um, kind of you know reminiscent of like twelve to fifteen years ago, American Idol. So, uh, sure. definitely definitely check that out. Okay, all right, all right. Yeah. Okay. Well, it is midnight, um, and it's time for us to go. So, again, listener, thanks for being here. You guys are the best. I don't know when the next episode will be. Hopefully, it's a hockey one. But if not, it'll be some sort of NBA, um, NFL something episode. I don't know. We we got to figure out summer plans. And by we, I mean me, because, you know, I I do the show. But anyway, thanks for being here. Uh, until next time, be good and do good. Cotney, sign us out. Peace to my brothers. Uh, keep loving and keep living. Dang, no shout out for the sisters? I don't mean, do any sisters listen? I think so, but it's definitely like an 80, 85, 15. Okay, well, you know, for, the, for those 15% <laughs> sisters... <laughs> Peace to them, too. Uh, (laughs) Adios. See ya.